on last week's Irrevelations. I don't like homeless people. Um, so anyways. I love my sister. I just don't know how to express my feelings. Have you tried raping her? Be like, oh, John and Dad, you're such a shrewd man. You're so fucking clever. Oh. oh, no, stepbrother. What are you doing? If you want to fuck your own sister, there's a way to go about it. Like, don't take it so badly. It's just your brother that raped you. Before we turn to the word, I would like to say I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. Pray this simple prayer. Lord, speak to me. Why are you wearing a fucking pink, the shallowest V-neck I've ever seen? Like, why don't you just wear a fucking round neck, you fucking coward? Is it not a round neck? It's a round neck. No, that's a V-neck, but it's just so shallow. Probably a reference to your favorite kind of vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Extra shallow. Great content. Great content. (laughs) Apparently there's been a massive leak of adult content from, what is this place called? OnlyFans? OnlyFans. OnlyFans. What the fuck? Well, I mean, it makes, that's a good name, actually, if you think about it. OnlyFans. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading some, whoa. Let me say, first off, Let's let's cut the bullshit. You sent me this story, so I know what you're talking about, and I was reading up on it a little bit. Now, you didn't just send me a link to like the story from a news outlet. You sent me a link to Reddit's r slash drama subreddit. Yeah, it's my which, favorite subreddit. Which I've determined is the trashiest place on the internet. <laughs> That's my hope. That's my it's, favorite place. It's so shitty, dude. It is. It's, I mean, half it's, of these guys are just people whining. Or not whining, they're like gloating, rather, that, oh, this is what they get for one for expecting privacy. That's what they get. Okay. I just I right. want them to be shot and killed and be like, well, <laughs> you should have you should have lived in a fucking medieval fort and no yeah. one would have thought to come shoot you. Yes, they fucking deserve asshole. to die, and I hope they rot in hell. But that's that I the thing I like about our drama is I think it's it's not a liberal utopia, it's not a conservative utopia. It's just shitheads being shitheads, and it's that's where I that's where I see myself in. It's a conservative but, utopia. Anyway, they are all alight with a circle jerk over the fact that a lot of quote-unquote paid content has been released for free from OnlyFans. Not released which, for free, all right? Let's well, not, leaked. Whatever. Leaked. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Okay. Words mean things, Cole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sneak peek uh, release. <laughs> yeah. This but is not forcibly, viral marketing on yeah. account Forcibly yeah. through theft. Uh, but I wanted us to wrap our mind around it today. Hey, this guy with a knife gave me a sneak peek <laughs> of my blood last night. Is that how that works? <laughs> it can be, uh, if you want it to be. That's a that's that's a glass half full approach. Yeah, um, I guess so. Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Because, uh, I, I don't know, it's... it's 
the reason why I like our drama is that they just know when the shit's flying in both directions. Because one, so apparently Bro Bible, which again is another place I don't think I've ever been to. Have you ever been to Bro Bible? I just clicked on the link to it. Let's see. It sounds horrific. It sounds like <laughs> it sounds like my personal hell. <laughs> I thought you went to FSU. I figured that would have been like Hi, part of the hey, orientation. I'm reformed, Seminole, sir. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. What's the top story of Bro Bible? Remember when the New England uh, Patriots came close to becoming the St. Louis Stallions in 1994? Yeah, great content. <laughs> great headline. for the. Uh, uh, we're, we're <laughs> Do just, you remember an NFL acquisition from the 40, 30 years ago? <laughs> we're, just, we're just being shits. Um, oh, no, sorry. Bro Bible is reporting yeah. that the story was leaked. They're not saying that. They're, they're not hosting it or something. I wonder where no, it's at. No, 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 no. That's just where the news broke from. But anyway, the point is is that a bunch of content from OnlyFans was leaked. And that the, the point is is that the people whose content is being leaked, and I I, I want to use that term, content, their, their, yeah. their, their goods that they have produced as a sex worker class. Sure. Um, is now available for free if you're a pirate and a piece of shit. But I mean, that- it sounds it sounds like honestly, OnlyFans sounds like, uh, you know how there was the the old the trope of like, oh, I'm stripping to put myself through college. You know, yeah. this just feels like a safer version of stripping. Right? I think it's fine. I don't know. I uh, have you ever? I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not. I don't like it. Right? Like, I it kind of gives me the willies. It's it's just something creepy about the whole idea of it. Um, what cam girls? Yeah, that's scary. That just feels like some. That's like how. I don't know, it makes me think of like Taken or something. <laughs> like, I don't. Isn't that what that I, was all about? I don't think I would ever. I've never had any interest in paying for porn, but primarily because I don't know the, the the what's available for free is. I, I can't tell the difference. I'm not quite sure what the difference could be. It'd be like the guy that like uh, pays so for. You just don't have the. You don't have to take the acquired taste. For it, it, the it, rare it'd be like stuff. someone bragging that they paid for Winrar. I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> I mean, that actually is badass if you pay for Winrar. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Keeping them and, and honestly, if you pay for sex workers, also very very cool. Very cool. Okay. <laughs> very super cool. Like I can understand paying for like a prostitute. I never. I've never had the. How would I phrase this? The time of part of my life where I would have paid for a prostitute, I couldn't afford one. Now that <laughs> convenient. <laughs> convenient. Now that I can afford one, I go, ah, I'm all right. I don't need, I don't yeah, I feel like good. your significant other wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in no position to pay for one. But if she were to die in a plane crash, I could understand it. Like, I order a pizza because I'm hungry. You know, yeah. it's delivered to my door. It's convenient. I get it. Yeah, you know? and... Just like pizza, there was probably some human trafficking involved yeah, probably, to get probably. it to you. Somewhere downstream, there's a 14-year-old Filipino girl screaming oh for help. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, you know? That's the problem with prostitution, I That's think. The the problem with pizza. <laughs> That's the problem with pizza. It's the problem with well, Papa now, John's pizza. We need to get Papa John back in the game. <laughs> get Papa John you, back in. Yeah, that guy. Speaking of prostitutes. I'm sure he's killed a couple. <laughs> Is that libel? I don't know. It's my opinion. So, uh, it's if only he did, libel if he can prove it didn't happen. And I saw the interview. That guy fucking kills pots. <laughs> More than likely. I've actually, I'm going to, I'll tell you right now. I bet he is the kind of guy that high fives with his buddies. They wear, they get, they get their guns and they go on prot patrol. And they just, <laughs> 
the least dangerous game. <laughs> Half of them they, pra- they practically kill themselves. <laughs> they just show up, you switch the heroin for cocaine, and then they, they fucking put themselves out. Yeah, you handle it. Jesus. That's uh, sad. <laughs> do we have I, a uh do we have a sex trafficking uh uh like abuse hotline that we can Let's plug what plug here just to yeah, make up just for to, our just to just to just to break even on this. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying the fact that these sex workers are complaining that their goods and services are being given away for free. Let's just understand this is the future Bernie Sanders wants. Yes, yeah, <laughs> um, that's why I'm voting for him. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, man. Speaking of, mm. I know you didn't want to go to political, but Super Tuesday, two oh, days I've, after this thing. I have no idea what that even is. What is Super you don't know Tuesday? what Super Tuesday is? No. No. Well, I guess we're not going down that road then. <laughs> it's, uh, like, it's like when most of the states uh, vote in their primary. Something that I have thought is absolutely absurd that I keep hearing is people getting butt hurt that Sanders is like uh, the front runner and how they just don't want him to win. And a lot of people are like, yeah, but he's not even a real Democrat. He runs as independent. I'm like, well, if an independent is winning the Democratic primary. <laughs> Isn't that good enough? Like, well, yeah, yeah, but yes, he's winning all the votes, but not the way we want him to. Like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I, I love Bernie bros online. Yeah, I do like, too. The, I like the ones out there cyberbullying that everyone's sad about. Those are my oh, favorite people. Yeah. Oh, America deserves better. We should hang you. You should be <laughs> hung from a fucking tree is what I'm about. I want to reverse racism lynchings. That's what I want. I want fucking yeah, dude. I'm about it. I want pasty face, thin lipped, fucking uh, white people from pepper trees. You know, pepper trees. Nice. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. Do we have those in America? Yeah. What is a pepper tree? Sorry, that's should... the thing. Of all the stuff that you said that I'm going to get hung up on, it's the that's it. I didn't know that was a type of tree. A pepper tree? Oh, yeah. I don't want to get into it, but I think pepper trees are a great way to hang somebody. I oh. think they're just built for it. Yeah, yeah. This is like you're gonna. I'm gonna be look sneezing. it up. I don't want to be sneezing too... a lot, and that's gonna break your neck. Shoot, <laughs> <laughs> and then you fall off the stool. That's yeah. <laughs> that's what Robin Williams did. Huh? Uh, pepper. This is good. <laughs> this is good content. I just want to look it up. I don't know what a pepper tree actually looks like. Uh, um. I'll tell you what. I'm looking at a pepper tree right now. Or are they indigenous to? Um, I mean, I guess they're the Southwest. I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I, but I almost feel like I got to walk it back because I'm looking at the branches of this pepper tree online, and those limbs do not look particularly strong. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you have to go with an old oak tree. Okay. So if you're on prot or wasp patrol. That uh, I'm just going to suggest you oak, go with live oak, oak. Live oak, yeah. Okay. Pepper trees would be better, like, if you have a child to hang. Right. If you're going okay. full BTK, maybe yeah, yeah. you can get away with that. Okay. That's cool. just by, by, by facility. Well, so we provide that kind of advice here. So. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's one of the tenets of our Bible reading, is that we uh, are as biblical as possible in the advice that we provide. And yeah. I think that uh, that covers certain uh, acts of murder. Right. Yeah. So anyway, uh, welcome to the Revelations podcast. I'm Cole Zalewski. <laughs> I'm Grant Voiced, And we're the podcast that reads the Bible uh, on account of not wanting you to have to do it. 
And I don't think we're a good podcast. We lose a lot of no. steam. We're definitely not good at it. No. Um, if you're one of the handful of people that is still listening to this, good on you. Right? I'm yeah. not telling you to leave. But if you do, I won't be surprised. At this point, I imagine it's more like uh, – because it's, it's obvious that we don't care about momentum or quality. No. It's more of no. a Stockholm Syndrome thing, I think. Correct. That we're trapped yeah. in this until it's we finish a, the Bible in four and a half years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you're like, you know, you, you got a dad who's really abusive, but he's your dad, you know? Like, you're going to stick around, you know? Yeah. You know, you're going to get him through his opiate addiction. You know, you sure. gotta, he needs the money. Of you? Having you there? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Isn't that what it's like? I have no idea. I don't know. I haven't. Fortunately, I didn't I have feel to like, I feel like I, I, I've seen a couple episodes of like... Uh, Listeners, if you had to uh, survive an abusive childhood, tell us about it in an email. <laughs> we'll tell you our email address at the end of the episode. Um, anyways, this week we speaking are... Of, speaking of abusive dad-father-son relationships. There yeah, there I we go. I, doing. I found okay, a way. Okay. I found Fair it. Fair enough. Uh, we're in episode 75, right? That's a big one, right. I feel like. That is a big one, yeah. Yeah. It's not... Uh, it's not the coolest number, but it's definitely a, a, a milestone. So um, let's turn into the book of Second Samuel. Last week, we read chapter 13 and chapter 13 alone, right? It was we good really, shit. We really drugged that one out because it had a lot of uh, crazy shit happening, right? We had Tamar getting raped by her half-brother. We had right. Absalom uh, avenging that rape with a murder of his half-brother. True. Um David casting uh, Absalom out, basically, or banishing him, more or less. Uh, he well, went to live. I feel like. He, it was preemptive. He ran away, I guess. I, I think we're going to get to it. I think it's part of. I don't think it was mentioned last episode, but I think it's kind of like the. Um, even though it doesn't apply here, I think it's kind of like the whole Sanctuary City law of the uh, Avenger type shit, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. And he went to his mother's homeland too, which is yeah. interesting. Uh, like he killed, he sure. killed his own brother in cold blood through a proxy, and then he got the fuck out of there. Uh, but I think in this episode we're going to kind of talk about it almost in the context of like uh, the law of the Avenger type deal, where we understand that to be manslaughter only, really. So sure, it, it shouldn't apply, but I feel like the Bible's kind of like forcing it. Yeah, it, it definitely is inconsistent when it comes to laws and how they're interpreted and who the laws apply to, especially, right? Um, right. For instance, our boy Joab is still running around like he didn't fucking murder Abner. So Right, 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 right. In cold blood, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a we'll, – we'll get to it, but it I, I'm starting to get the vibe that God is pretty fast and loose with how little he cares about these people. and Oh, absolutely. Even his own rules, it seems. Yeah. Um, so – Chapter 14, we're kicking off, uh, like we said, Absalom is in Geshur, the land of his mother. He's been there for three years, and uh, well, I don't know, let's see, what, let's see what's going on in the house of David, big bad David. Uh, we've got Joab, who again, I just mentioned, uh, avenged the death of his brother by killing Abner. He was then somehow cursed, but also is doing just fine. Yeah, is now uh, the basically second in command of Israel. Correct. Pulling a lot of strings, as we're about to find out, um, right. has a lot of power in David's household. So that's that's our boy Joab, General Joab. Now, he knows what's up with David, right? He's a, he's a confidant, close friend, and realizes that this whole Absalom being absolent, 
uh, is really, <laughs> thank you, is really getting to David, right? Uh, he can tell that David is pulling off the stiff upper lip all right, but misses his son, even though his son murdered his other son. He's still, it's a tricky situation, right? Right. Right. I mean, sometimes you have a kid that does something horrific to one of your other kids, you know, and you're like, okay, guys, yes, this was technically a sin against God and the state and is a felony, but come on, you're going to fucking ruin Christmas over this? Which is pretty hilarious, considering that no one seemed to give a shit when... uh, Tamar got raped. (laughs) Yeah, when Amnon raped Tamar, so... Funny, that shit funny about that. right underneath the cover. I almost wonder if Absalon even had to run. Like maybe it's just maybe it's just, like maybe people are like, "Hey, uh, I noticed that Tamar got raped." He's like, "Kids, am I right?" I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh god! I noticed that Absalon killed uh, Amnon. Uh, he's like, Tch. "Kids, <laughs> That's just boys will be boys." Yeah. Oh, well, you know, always fight those two. <laughs> so Joab sees this and he isn't happy about it. He wants you know, happy king. Happy man, I guess. That doesn't quite roll off the tongue like uh, sure. happy wife, happy life. But Joab wants his king to be happy and decides that he is going to devise a little plan to change David's mind about the whole Absalom thing, to get Absalom back home it's, where he belongs. Yeah, it's kind of a weird conspiracy. And we've kind of seen this before. We'll get to it. But to me, I'm getting flavors of Nathan. Kind of that whole after he uh, essentially raped and cucked Bathsheba and uh, yeah, where where he tells like the the prop or the uh, yeah, what do they call him? I've got a longer the prophet Nathan um, yeah, but so anyway, so Joab finds this woman. He sends for to he go is Tekoa the name of the woman or is that where she's from? Yes, oh no, I think that's where she's from. Yeah, it doesn't that's seem like it from. names her, but it then talks about her. So he go, he sends to Tekoa for a wise woman. Don't know what that's about. Yeah. And basically, he brings this wise woman forward. He's like, I, I think the reason why we know her to be wise is that she's good at lying, which I thought was a pretty basic trait. All women always fucking lying. Yeah, I know. It's conniving. You know. Fucking, you know how it is. That's Make why count. we gotta, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say go our own way, but that's fine, too. Uh, no, but anyway. Everyone couldn't see it, but I that sound was me kneeling to the ground and holding out a ring <laughs> for <laughs> You can't kneel. Um, anyway, so the point is, <laughs> so anyway, the point is, he gets this woman, and he's like, "Hey, here's the deal. I need you to fucking trick David, the king of Israel. So what you got to do is you got to pretend that you've been mourning for a long time. We're gonna dress you up. You're gonna play the part." And it literally says that Joab put his words in her mouth, and is basically giving her a script to go to the king of David to tell. Yeah. Um. And what plays out next is very odd. It's very uncharacteristic of most of the what we've been reading in the Bible. Uh, it, most of the time, we're seeing events happen pretty quickly, right? We're covering lots of years at a time and uh, sort of almost skipping over entire battles and what have you. What we're going to see here is most of a chapter devoted just to one conversation. And we get into the nitty gritty of the back and forth, the specific words said between David and this unnamed woman. Um, pretty much yeah. unnamed. I'm assuming because she's, she's a, woman, a woman, so she's not. <laughs> <laughs> she she's a woman, and she wasn't raped enough to be important. So correct. Well, I think uh, we only got Tamar's name because she was David's daughter. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't even know that. Well, okay. So let's think about all the women that have been raped in the Bible. Uh, 
we had uh, oh fuck what was her name what was the sister of levi and simeon who got raped uh dina dina yeah good catch yeah. dina we also know her name why because she was the only one that got raped and had to have a whole also, battle in her name and we didn't know the other daughters right because didn't she have sisters that we didn't know the names i of, think probably? they they mentioned that she have sisters but Dina's the only one that's named because she's right. Oh, shit. As we're thinking about it, I'm thinking that there's probably a couple of instances where the Bible uses women getting raped as excuses for violence. And excuses which, to give them names. Excuses <laughs> to give them names. Because we had a... Um, think about this. Potiphar's wife that Joseph alleged was accused of raping but didn't rape, we didn't uh, get her name because it was a fake rape. She wasn't. Yeah, it was a fake so rape. So the that's rules how we, are specific. That's then how we you know, know it's Miriam's real. name? Miriam didn't get raped. Who the fuck is Miriam? Uh, his uh, sister. Moses' sister. Moses' sister. Uh, I guess because she was kind of she was kind of an alpha woman. Yeah, she was a she was a top dog. She was the one yeah. trying to rape Moses's legacy. Mm. Nice. <laughs> she was like, I'm gonna fuck. <laughs> anyway, this is but, why, this is why people come to our podcast. <laughs> this is why people come to the podcast. Hard, but hard I mean, we, I, I, we, it, it just seems like it's like whatever the Bible's like. Mm, we need two people to fight. Have one rape a woman. Like bingo, done. Yeah, stick him in there. Wartime. Now it's all oil, right? I miss the good old days. <laughs> I, miss, <laughs> I miss the good old days where you took a leader's wife, you raped her, well, and no, you're like, now we're like fighting Scotland or whatever. Okay, I'm not saying that I miss the rapes. I'm saying that I miss, I mean, that's a good reason. You know, Times were simple honor. back then. Bluebell Someone was assaulted. Whatever. Someone was disrespected. You fight. Right. Now it's right. like, oh, I want to put the black stuff in my car. <laughs> I yeah. want oil. Yeah, I miss Shut up. It. We we ask ourselves, where have all the cowboys gone? Where are the Snowdens of yesteryear? Where where, where where was the time when days were simple, where you just raped a woman and then the whole nation stop, got behind stop, you? Don't you, say know? That. <laughs> you know. Now we gotta have Pearl Harbor and nine eleven and shit. Yeah, it's some dumb stuff. Um, okay, so regardless, the woman's there. If Bush had she- really wanted a war, oh, <laughs> he would have uh, taken Barbara to Kuwait. No, that's his mom. Laura is his wife. Jesus. Get your facts together. Different Bush. Oh, Uh, okay. Uh, The point being (laughs) that this woman of Tekoa comes along and gets dressed up in mournful clothing and is now pretending that she's uh, grieving the death of a son. Now, we're not going to read this word for word because everyone will fall asleep. I'm going to do my best to basically sum it up, right? So, she comes to David, seeks... Uh, seeks counsel with the king, right? And for some reason, it's granted. I'm assuming Joab set that up. Well, she she looks like she's sad, so yeah, obviously, yeah, okay, right, sure. right to the it's... front of the right to the front of the line. She she probably was like, look at how sad I am, and there's a 22 year old who got eight hours of sleep last night. Mortars to the front of the line. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what it's like being a mom. I'm assuming she's hot, which is why David let her in. Uh, oh, he loves milf he, action. Yeah, he has a type. So she comes forward, and David says, "You know what's troubling you, ma'am." And she says, I'm a widow. My husband is dead. I have two sons. However, my son's got in a fight. You know, one thing led to another. One of them ends up dead. A real uh, Esau, or no, sorry, a real uh, Cain and Abel situation, right? Mm-hmm. One kills the other one. Now, the problem, she says, is that now I've only got one son, and all my family members are like, let's fuck him up, too. He killed his brother. But here's the thing. My husband's dead. I'm an old woman. If I lose my one remaining son, there's no one to inherit my husband's land and what have you. So he, basically, the, her entire lineage rests on this boy's shoulders. Right. And David's so they, like, oh, shit. 
Yeah, they know. have this line here. So they would extinguish my ember that is left. Leave to my husband neither name nor remnant on the earth. It is very poetic and evocative of, of her feelings. It's beautiful, straight up. Right. Um, where you get a feeling, uh, this woman is clearly a wise woman. She's a wonderful actress, because this is all bullshit as far as I'm aware. Um, but she tells a story that really pours her heart out and shows the situation she's in. Um, and David's David's a uh, understanding, common sense type guy, right? So he says, hey, tell you what, go home. I'm going to issue an order on your behalf. This whole thing's going to blow over. Don't worry about it. But this woman is fucking persistent. All right. <laughs> this is a very weird part of the story. Yeah, he's like, so, he's like, all right, don't worry. You, you, your kid will be fine. I'll take care of it. And she's like, I, I have more. Yeah, actually, sir. Actually, sir, uh, I wasn't I'm done yet. Done I wasn't done yet. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, but, 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 hold up, hold up. Um, let my lord, the king, pardon me and my family, and that way they can show that you are without guilt, king. So she's saying, you need to pardon me to show that you're a good man or you're a piece of shit, basically, um, which is a bold <laughs> yeah. move to take against your king. But, hey, again, this woman's earning her keep uh, on Joab's behalf. So David's like, all right, all right, chill. Listen, if anything happens to, to you, if anyone fucks with you, bring them to me and they won't bother you again. Uh, that's exactly what he says, actually. They will not bother you again. Very uh, very dad-like or teacher-like, you know? <laughs> oh, very, you, if they're bullying you, you just let you, you tell Yeah, yeah, I'll handle tell, this shit. You tell David. So he just wants to take care of the widow. It actually is a somewhat honorable move by David. Uh, well, we've which, seen how David typically treats widows, but yes. Yes, correct. Normally, he just adds them to the harem. I guess she's past the Her point prime? of yeah. being haremable. Ah, oh, poor lady. Yeah. You're Poor not even worth getting woman. raped by the king. You know? <laughs> okay, good, good, good. So now David, thinks, he's like, all right, don't worry. Send her to me. We're done. Shoes her off. No, 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 no. She's not done. She says, no, listen, listen. Uh, I need you to invoke the Lord to prevent Avengers of blood from adding to the destruction. And David's like, yeah, I fucking get it. Listen. <laughs> Chill. As surely as the Lord lives, this is what David says, as surely as the Lord lives, not one hair of your son's head will fall to the ground. This is a little bit of a foreshadowing um, because we're going to find out something about hair later on that's, uh, I think, ties back to this. I don't know how you feel. What's What are you talking about, hair? Like, what, where are we getting at? Oh, so you haven't read very far ahead either. All right. No, yeah. I've read about hair. I know about I know about hair. Well, you know how Absalom dies, right? No. Okay. Then, <laughs> <laughs> then you haven't read very far ahead. That's only I, like two chapters out now. I know about hair. Okay, good. You know about hair. Everyone, Cole knows about hair. Now, Cole says, or sorry, the king says, rather, uh, don't worry, not a single hair is going to fall off your son's head. He's safe. The woman is still not done. She says, let your servant speak to the Lord, my king. And he's like, all right, fucking speak. What? How are we still having this conversation? Yeah. And then she goes off on this crazy tangent that kind of implicates David himself. She's saying, okay, so... Why, then, have you devised a thing like this against the people of God? She basically points out the hypocrisy of what David's doing, that in wanting to help her out and protect her lone son, who did something bad but deserves to be, you know, pardoned, why isn't he doing that with Absalom? Um, that's her point. She says, you know, I've come to say this to you, my lord, that the people uh, want to see you not only grant this servant's request, but also deliver your own guy, right? Help Absalom out. Why are you making him stay out there? Now we have a really funny moment after she goes off on this little tirade about how fucked up the king is. Um, if you remember the scene 
where David's first son with Bathsheba dies. Right. And uh, all the servants are like really quiet. And David looks over at them. He's like, the the kid's dead, right? He has this little bit of insight that he's able to pick up. So he has another moment like this where he looks at the woman and he goes, he says, "Uh, listen, I'm going to ask you a question. Don't fucking lie to me. And she goes, whatever, whatever. Go ahead, my king. And he goes, did Joab put you up to this? <laughs> it's kind of a, let, 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 let's let's back up and let's sum it up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, break it down for you. So the analogy I would think of, it's like, imagine you're the governor and yeah. your kid is a murderer and he's running from the law. And then this yeah. woman comes and be like, hey, my son needs to be, he's a murderer too, and he needs to be pardoned, and blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, let me let me pardon him. I'll take care of him. Don't worry. He's like, okay, but you can't just pardon him. He needs money too. He's like, all right, fine. Well, not only will I pardon, but I'll just take care of him. And she's like, also, I need you to make murder legal now. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> fine. All right, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever it takes, you know? Like, this woman isn't just saying, spare my son and spare your son. She's actually acting him to... I think invoke on God's behalf and remove the laws regarding Avengers. Yes, you know, like yeah, she's, bas- she's basically doing like the uh, the filibuster from Mister Smith goes to Washington, where he reads like all the Boy Scouts letters or whatever. <laughs> I don't. Have <laughs> you ever seen that movie? No, with Jimmy Stewart. Mr. Right. Smith goes to Washington. Yeah. That's on the top of your priorities for okay. everyone listening that hasn't seen that movie. It's very similar. The point is He's that gay, she uses, right? huh? She's what? He's what? He's gay, right? That's the whole purpose of the movie. I don't, I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> no, not, I think that's between the lines. Oh, it could have been. I mean, he definitely he's like a kind of a weird old bachelor, so maybe. Um, the point being that this woman has taken her advan- advantage of her uh, her presence and or her her time in the king's presence, and is doing exactly what Joab wanted. Which is using a motion to lobby for legislative change. It's literally how things work to this. It's day. kind of um, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to kind of also bring it kind of like Brock Turnerish, okay. because part of her part of her plea is basically to to my Bible says that this woman reminded David about the sanctity of life and God's mercy uh, in my Bible, uh, two Samuel fourteen fourteen. For we will surely die and become like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Yet God does not take away a life, but he devises means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him. So basically she's like, listen, come on, life is super precious. As much as we may hate our kids, you know, and they might do terrible things, like once, you know, time is precious and once our kids are dead, they're gone forever. So let's just cherish them while we have them, you know? That's a good point and something that I skipped over is is that her appeal here is kind of to, listen, we know how much of an asshole God is, and even he gives us a way to work his, our way back into his love, which is, first off, blatantly false. Right, right yeah. Can we agree? Fucking, yeah. Oh, his God mercy. Is- yeah, we've seen so much of that in the past. Unless you are part of the top 1%. Yeah. Only the top 1% are being taken care of by God, right? Like, yeah. this, this guy is not looking out for the, the should, average peasant. Should, should Absalom really be held accountable for 20 minutes of mistake? No. <laughs> <laughs> for, should Absalom really be held accountable for years and years of conspiring to kill his half-brother? No. Of course not. No, of course not. Of course not. Although I will say, uh, just to go back to last episode... I think what Absalom did is 100% justified. 
Right? Yeah, like I, I, like obviously he's a murderer, but he's like a fucking Death Note murderer, a badass. Or, uh, murderer. Sorry, Death he's Wish murderer. Death, Note. death yeah. Wish. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like, yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah, he's 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 the hero of this story, just like uh, Saul was at the last one, and just like David is. Say. Yeah, just just like all the Fuck heroes David. of the Bible, flawless. Fuck David, dude. Absalom's <laughs> the man. All right. So so anyway, uh, another interesting point. Not to spend so much time talking about this little bit, but. So essentially, David is like, hey, okay, you're not really letting this drop. This is getting fucking weird now. Did Joab put you up to this? And she's like, you got me. And he's like, ah, Joab, get in here. Get in here, (laughs) You fucking rascal, you. You sneaky son of a bitch with your big old dick. Get in this room. It's interesting to think. I wonder, now, granted, the story is obviously made up, but uh, would this have worked if Joab had just tried it himself, you know? Have been like appealed rationally to to this side of David and be like, hey, look, imagine that there was a woman who lost, you know, the way that Nathan did it, right? Nathan right. just used a parable. Nathan didn't actually have someone pretend to be the what the rich man in his story that took the sheep right. from the poor man. Right, right, right. He didn't have the poor man come in and complain about that. Um, so parables used to work on David. Why I don't wonder why if Joab's just not as good an orator. Well, maybe I don't, I just don't think Joab has the wisdom of God when it comes to tricking people. Yeah. You know? a woman. <laughs> God God's been tricking people much longer. He's much better at it. He knows what he's doing. That's um, fair. I I I think it's kind of interesting and and we've seen this theme over and over again. I just want to keep referencing the fact that it does not seem that David has any fucking agency or at least refuses to take any sort of accountability for his actions everything he does is a reaction to something okay oh you know i didn't want to fucking usurp the throne and kill saul but he made me he kept chasing me i had to do it. he chased me twice i kept sparing him and he just kept doing it you know yeah. oh you know i didn't want to fucking um banish michael and leave her childless but she pushed me that one time and sometimes he he, he sean connery her a little bit you know like sometimes the woman just won't shut up and you gotta <laughs> sure. deal with her okay great yeah. you know but <laughs> And then, so here's another instance where obviously David wants to spare his son. He wants to just be like, yeah, all right. I, obviously, I would be sinning against God almost to like let this murderer go free if only there were someone to tell me a story so I could then be like merciful by letting it happen, you know? Yeah. Um, it's it almost like, yeah, like you said, he, he used this as an excuse to let him yeah. to go easy on himself in a way, yeah. right? To Thanks get, for tricking me into wanted. doing what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which you know, I feel like that's kind of a uh, a burden of a lot of people with power is that they they're torn between responsibilities to themselves and to the people. Uh, in his defense, like he doesn't want to seem get like he's giving his own son favoritism until he was kind of talked into it, right? Right. I, my point was, I was saying that David is reactionary; that he creates these events. That let him be the good guy in the story so that he doesn't have to take accountability. He's just kind of like doing what people are asking him to or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But un- under the guise of it being part of his esteemed rulership, like, I guess. Like, oh, yeah, I'm so merciful that, I'll, uh, okay, in this one instance, I'll spare my son, you know? Yeah. Because you fair. asked me to. So at this point, um, King calls in Joab, right? David's like, all right, who's the man behind the curtain, right? He's, he f- opens it up. Sure enough, it's... Not some crazy wizard. It's just this dude from Kansas. Um, and he says, all right, Joab, like, I, I see your point. Uh, you know, you, you, you've made it. You've, you got me to do what you wanted me to do. I'll bring <laughs> him back. Um, 
And so Joab falls on his face to the ground to pay honor to David for doing what he Dave, he wanted David to do. It's kind of a weird little circle jerk. They oh, have here. thank you, David, for uh, letting me trick you into sparing your son from his heinous crimes. Oh, right. So you're Joab doing me such a favor. <laughs> Joab immediately rides off to Geshur and gets Absalom and brings him back to Jerusalem where he belongs. But David has a rule. He says he must go right to his own home. And I will not see his face, or rather, he will not see my face. So David doesn't want to actually have an audience with Absalom. He's not banished, right? He's allowed to come back to Jerusalem, but he cannot be in the king's presence. Um, so it's kind of awkward, right? Yeah, that- I feel like it's like when you're like the head coach at Penn State, and you find out know. one of your lower coaches is just fucking raping the shit out of an eight-year-old, and you're like, all right, I don't really have time for this. Obviously, I want to win some football games. Keep yeah. him around, but don't let him around kids so much, you know? Just, Not as much. Yeah. Throw we're him gonna, a bone. Throw him a bone every now and then. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, no man's an island. But, man's got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the point is, is you're like, yeah, technically, I want things to kind of return to normal, but I kind of want to keep an eye on him, you know? More or less. So now let's talk a little bit about Absalom. Uh, The Bible tells us that in all of Israel, there was not a man so highly praised for his handsome appearance. So this boy is a fucking snack. Why do we keep hearing this shit? Why is it such a fucking common thing? I never heard about how hot Moses was. Wait, wait, wait. Why are the priests who are writing in this time period obsessed with the physique and... (laughs) How hot these boys look? I don't know. know. That's a very good question. You never never see that in religion. (laughs) <laughs> you never see people just fawn over young boys' good looks. You never yeah. see that. Um, Bizarre. It's just like let's talk about it. Let's talk about his hair. All right. All right. Um, this guy is so praised for his presence. From the top of his head to the sole of his foot, there was not a single blemish on him. And fun fact, little little trivia for you here: Whenever Absalom cut his hair, which he used to do once a year because it got too heavy, he would weigh it, and it always weighed five pounds. Now, this is roughly twice the amount of fleece and weight that we get from a sheep when we shear it. (laughs) He is literally twice as efficient as a sheep at growing wool on his head. But only in the one patch of his hair, yeah. Yeah. I did did as much math as I could. Uh, That could be up to 30 times the speed of a normal human's hair growth. Huh. Depending my, on like density and shit. My Bible states that uh, again, just trying to cover its fucking tracks. They're so fucking, uh, they're they're so apologetic bullshit. But um, my concordance is stating that. So technically, the, um, this would be two hundred sacred shekels would register about five pounds. This seems unlikely though, so we can assume that the weight of the royal shekel was not known and was considerably less valuable than it was at the time of the writing. You know, like the. The apologists I found online said that, oh, it's probably because he had a bunch of, like, oil and perfume and glitter in his hair. Okay. <laughs> he's, a sh- he's a stripper. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's like, God damn. Just- I guess if he had dreads. I don't know. Who fucking knows? I don't care. I hate How I hate much? Why do What are dreads? Like, this is a legitimate question. I see them all the time in the, like, from, on, like, I think it's just the natural shit. state that our hair will kind of go to with natural oils and, like, dirt and shit getting in just it. Just fill it up with it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it looks like they it could weigh. I've seen some fucking ghouls walking yeah. around downtown Orlando with some long ass fucking dreads, and I go, okay. that that looks like that could weigh a couple of pounds. Actually, that could weigh five pounds, but yeah. it probably took them years and years and years and years to do that. Not yeah, one, not year. one year. Yeah, 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 true, fair. But okay. yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's really important that we know 
that uh, all the people at this time it was just a succession of fucking hot dudes. Uh, Moses probably looked like shit. Uh, Joshua, garbage, probably, you know. Moses? I don't know, man. He was raised like a prince. I bet we he never hear good. about how fucking hot he was, but all anyone can talk about is how Saul, David, and Absalom yeah. fucking wreck. That's true. And obviously Maybe David's no not uh, missing any female companionship. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. He's I heard boy. Amnon fucking slayed. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I don't know if that was on account of his beauty. <laughs> his kids knows. fuck. All right, that's all I'm saying. I'm gonna go out on. A, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say, um, uh, I think that Absalom probably got all the looks from David. Amnon probably didn't have any. That's why his sister didn't want to have sex with him. Some fucking uh, counting my. Do you think that Absalom was fucking her? No, I don't think so. I think so. <laughs> all right okay sure, that's <laughs> Just, two that's that's two libel suits coming our way from this episode <laughs> all right continue so anyway yeah absalom's super fucking handsome he has super long fucking hair and everyone loves him and he's got long hair hooray and and we find out that he has had three sons and a daughter uh the daughter's name is tamar and she's hot as hell yikes uh-oh cool that's not good. Yeah. That's, if i was if my name was tamar back in the day i would cut my face up like, nobody I'm you probably damaged. don't even probably it will happen on its own someone will find you someone will cut oh, your face no. up yeah. so he lives in two years uh he lives in jerusalem for two years without ever seeing the king's face so adding it up that's three years in Geshur banished and now two years in jerusalem uh acting like he's not there because his dad is a fucking weirdo mm-hmm. um so finally one day absalom sent for joab in order to send him to the king but Joab wouldn't, not even Joab would go see Absalom, right? Not even the king's right hand He's a persona man. non grata, you know? Like, uh, yeah. But it's fucking crazy because Joab put in all this effort of getting a fucking actress from Tekoa or whatever. <laughs> like, right. he did so much effort to get Absalom back to the city. Well, and I was like, fuck you, kid. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think we can understand that Joab's whole point of view was he was trying to help David. And obviously, David is like, all right, bring my son back, but like... I don't know. We can't be seen together. It's too fucking weird. So uh, yeah. may- maybe it's just maybe Joe. Maybe David comforts himself that all right, yeah, my son is technically a cat murderer, but you know, or something. And but I- I'm gonna bring him back. But at least he's gonna like. I-, I can't keep him too close. You know. Sure, sure. Keep my um, weirdo murder son in the city. I like that, but I don't, you know, I don't want him fucking. Yeah, that way my you just can kind of have your spies watch him and stuff. Yeah, you know. It really here's what it does for me. Considering what's about to go down, it makes me very suspicious of everything David's doing and of the entire story. Right, that he brought him in but didn't show him any love. That it's it seems very political and nefarious. That me. he brought him from a foreign state where he was having power with his family, where he was basically safe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the so with the king that he is a blood relative of. Correct. Huh. Cor- think about it. As usual, think about it. That's all I'm saying. David's Alien, shit is weird. ancient aliens. <laughs> um, so he's there. He sends for Joab. Joab says no. So he sends a second time, and then he said to his servants, "Look." Joab's fields right over there next to mine, and he's got barley there. Go set that shit on fire. <laughs> it's such a fucking it's it's definitely like daddy won't pay me enough attention, so I lit his Mercedes on fire. Now he has to come see me. You're like, yeah, all right. I mean, Joab almost deserved it. Yeah. But because it, listen, it works. So the next <laughs> sentence is 
And so Joab went to Absalom's house. Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I got. Oh, you can hear me now. You can yeah. get my got your attention now. Yeah, like I, I just left Joab. Be like, hey man, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> and Joab's like, hey, okay, so why did your servant set my fields on fire? And Absalom says, look, I sent for word for you to come to see me, and you wouldn't do it. I want to know why you brought me here from Geshur. It would have been better for me just to fucking stay there. Now I don't even get to see the king's face. I'm just walking around feeling all guilty. Let him put me to death. Let the king kill me if he's going to treat me like this, you know? Yeah. I, and he has a point. It's very free years. Imagine for two years, right? You're kind of happy in Geshur, I guess. He's had kids. He had fucking four kids in three years. Yikes. Right. Dude, fuck. Think about that sort of math. But now he's back home. <laughs> It's been two years, and he thinks that he's going to be coming back, to, uh, presumably, to, like, open arms. Because, uh, let's face it, he did the right thing. He killed the guy that needed to die. But, no, everyone's still p- treating him like shit. And, frankly, I'm about to break. You know, <laughs> in the words of, I think, Limbiscuit or somebody. I kind of almost get, like, a Billy Madison vibe where okay. he's, like, <laughs> he's like, why can't I run the company? He's like, because you're a fucking jerk off, man. Like, can't you just, just stay in Jerusalem, be a rich fucking guy living in the city? Why, why, why you got to push so hard? You're obviously but a fucking not a retard. Off. That's the problem. He's not. He's awesome. He's uh, handsome as shit. First off, that's all I care about. Yeah. That's whenever I look for kings, right? Yeah. That's why I'm, that's why I'm voting for Mayor Pete. You, me, and God. All we, we go, we go, who's got the tightest ass? Exactly. But for whatever reason, they don't want to do it. So Joab went to the king and told him what Absalom had said. And the king finally, after years, summons Absalom. He came in and bowed down with his face to the ground before the king. And the king kissed Absalom. Yeah, again, David can't just be like, all right, I forget. Hey, everybody, I forgive my son. I want to kiss him on the cheek. Everything's cool now. It has to be some bullshit where he just leaves people to their own devices. You know, he likes to fire them on a Friday. Yeah, he literally had to wait until Absalom set fire to his general's fields yeah, like, to okay, get an audience. All right, yeah. Hey, guys, but just in case you were wondering, I didn't want to like uh, absolve my own son and make it okay that he murdered a guy, but he did light a field on fire and um, whatever. Is David playing hard to get? Is he being that girlfriend, the girl that's like, oh, yeah, or uh, what's the movie, Knight's Tale, Heath Ledger, Rest in Peace, right. where uh, he, uh, the girlfriend in it tells him that she won't go on it or kiss him or whatever to go on a date with him. I forget unless he loses a fight. She's like, everyone else is saying they're going to win a fight for me. I want you to lose one. So like David's like, Oh yeah, I'm not going to listen to you until you burn down my fucking general's field. Like, <laughs> he wants something bad to happen just got, to prove that you care. You know, I, I got kind of like the neglected shitty son, you know, who crosses his father and now he's like, now I'll never see you again. And now he's like resorting to like lighting fires and acting out in school and just just doing anything for attention. Yeah. But again, if your father uh, completely, completely uh, pretending you didn't exist for years, don't you think the kid is that that's what's going to happen? I mean, I think that's definitely what Tiffany Trump's going to be doing soon. It's it's an inevitability. Probably. So that's chapter 14. Let's want to hit the ground running with Why 15. don't you talk about fucking me on natural TV? <laughs> oh, 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 the poor baby. <laughs> anyway, where were we at? That um, was the end of 14. Let's, let's, let's get keep into it 15. Going. Yeah. Yeah. We need, to, we need to do two chapters, so we're going to really slow down. <laughs> we'll never get through this book. No. It's just so fucking dense, man. So, I mean, there's a lot of. I think, I think Samuel, first and second, 
are a lot of goofy shit. I, I, yeah. I think the previous uh, books have been pretty straightforward. These guys had to go from A to B. God said some shit. They're like, yeah, man, whatever. Somebody didn't do it. They died. The end. You know? Yeah, yeah. This is very, uh, there's a lot of court intrigue here. There's a lot of silly dialogue for some reason. Um, there's a lot of weird, pretentious bullshit. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a strange book. All right. So over the course of time, Absalom starts to build up his reputation right now. He's been kissed by the king, so he's legit. He's no longer a fucking pariah to the people. Um, he's, a, he, he's officially back to being Ramsey Bolton. Hell yeah, actually. Uh, so he gets a chariot. He gets some horses. He's got 50 men to run ahead of him, which sounds like a, that's a shitty job. You're the guy that runs in front of the chariot. <laughs> Why is that a job? I don't know. Run behind it. I guess the dust is behind it, though. Huh? Uh, maybe it's Shit. more like. Maybe it's more like. Fucked either way. Yeah, maybe it's more like <laughs> when, uh, like the uh, uh, Chinese president's motorcade is, and you just have those tiny little Chinese guys run next to the fucking limo, like get out of the way, get out of the way, you move oh, there. Oh yeah, I think that's in Korea, but yeah, that's I'm a sure North Korean both. thing. Yeah, I know. I know it's in Korea. I thought it was also in China, but anyway. Um, no, they just have coronavirus in China. Uh, so. and, and Hong Kong still, I think. I know we gave up on them, but yes. We didn't give up yet. There's still protests. I did. They actually, I think they released the virus to kill all the protesters. Good. Okay. So, um, every day, Absalom is, he's, <laughs> listen, this is a hardworking guy. David, soft, right? Ha- fat, happy, sitting on the throne. Absalom, hungry, ambitious. Right. Get in it. Mm. Nike commercials he's got the um, eye of the tiger while yeah. his dad's just fucking and sucking yeah <laughs> okay cool <laughs> i suppose um so it says absalom gets up early every day and stands by the side of the road leading into the city gate this is fucking brilliant all right politicians listening and i know you are right uh this is what you need to do it sits out front of the city gate and every time that someone comes in with a complaint to take to the king right to be judged because i guess the king does that because he doesn't have any Mm-hmm. Anytime someone comes in, Absalom's like, "Hey, man, where are you from? What's uh, what's the problem? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm Absalom. I'm pretty cool. Why don't you tell me about your problems you got? I'm gonna make sure that you're heard, right? He's a populist, okay? He's out there farming the likes, all right? He's an Instagram influencer, basically, uh, but also a politician. So he's like, he'll hear their points, and he's like, "Man, that's a really good point you got." Damn, if only I was the judge over all the land, I would make sure you were set up. It's pretty brilliant. I, right? I, I'm getting sort of like a Top Green Undercutter's Pizza vibe. Do you remember that fucking skit? No, I don't. So Top Green used to follow pizza delivery guys with his own pizza. And when the <laughs> other guy would go to deliver it, he'd be like, hey, man, all right, that pizza's going for 12. I'll sell you mine for eight. I just get the vibe that everyone's like, hi, I'm here to see the king to like uh, fucking get this uh, justice served. And he's like, well, I'll give you justice. I mean, shit, you don't got to go all the way to the king. I, I, I feel like David's like ticket masters and Absalom is like fucking that scalper in front of the fucking thing. He's like, hey, you want some yeah, tickets? Yeah, yeah, Selling tickets for nothing. Now, here's the thing. Did that work out for Tom Green? No, they kicked the shit out of him. But <laughs> well, then, he's, then he's no Absalom because sure enough, the people fucking love what Absalom's up to. Whenever people would come up to him and bow down, he would grab them and kiss them, right? He yeah. is just – he's grabbing the babies, kissing the babies, shaking the hands. It's a real grassroots whatever. movement, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got to love it. You love to see it. This guy invented modern political campaigning. And I guess He's, he's a man of the people, you know? Yeah. Five, four years go by of him doing this, all right? Again, 
ambitious, hungry, getting it. All right, yeah. vibing. I think they say H- hasn't murdered any men and stole their wives that we know of. Ever. He, he, he ain't got the time he, for it. The only person he ever killed was his own brother, right? And it was for a good reason. Yeah. So listen, it's like if uh, Buzz had killed Kevin McAllister. Listen, it's ra- perfectly understandable. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, raping is a rich man's game. This guy, he's fucking in the trenches. He ain't got time Man to rape women. Man of the people. All of his children are legitimate and have happy mothers, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Just for the hair alone. <sighs> yeah. I mean, goddamn. I bet those babies come out hair. like a fucking cat hairball. <laughs> like a mop. <laughs> like a mop. <laughs> <laughs> or like one of those little trolls. You know the troll, troll yeah, toys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, four years go by of him doing this constantly. And he goes to David, he goes to his dad, the king, and he says, hey, uh, do you mind if I go to Hebron? I made a vow with the Lord, and there's this whole, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, I gotta go to Hebron, <laughs> basically. He's like, it, he's got complicated. This, he's got this big old, I mean, it, it is kind of funny, like father, like son. Like, he's like, hey, I have to go to Hebron. And he's like, why? And he's like, oh, trust me, I don't want to go to Hebron. I just have this weird fucking circumstance where I have to. Specifically, he says that I promised God that if God let me go back to Jerusalem, I would go worship in, in Hebron. This sounds like a lie. Um, that yeah. sounds very suspicious, especially considering what do we know about Hebron? Uh, when David went to Hebron, he set up a, uh, a uh, basically a civil a civil revolt, like a usurper um, state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he is Hebron's history is that the pretend king. Sets up a throne there, yeah. so it'd be like David if like Trump was like, "Hey guys, I gotta go to Charlottesville, just to hang." <laughs> right after he gets voted out, yeah, he's like, "Hey guys, I'm just going to fucking South Carolina for a little bit. No big deal. Just peace." Bill, tiki torches are on sale at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> just non sequitur. Just yeah, saying. Just uh, just me and my hobies just hanging out. So David gets to Hebrew or sorry Absalom. Uh, is told by the king, yeah, go in peace, go to Hebron. David's not suspicious at all. Cause Have fun. Yeah. He's a fucking idiot. So Absalom then sends secret messengers throughout the tribes of Israel saying, hey, when you hear trumpets, proclaim that Absalom is king in Hebron. So basically just, again, it's like a giant conspiracy. Um, Shit. To- What's weird is that when David elected himself king in Hebron, it was like, oh, yeah, I just showed up for the lulls. I was just coming home, and all of Judah proclaimed me king. I had nothing to do with it. They just wanted me to be king so bad. And now his son's doing the exact same thing, but it's all this conspiracy theory. And, oh, hey, everybody, elect me king in Hebron. Like, like David's like, oh, I would never do that, certainly. Certainly I'm not a hypocrite for getting angry at somebody having a giant conspiracy to elect themselves king in Hebron. Yeah, this is all starting to build up uh, to be a little bit suspicious. But also, um, I think it's it's supposed to send a message. There's a mor- there's a moral to this story that we're going to get to, not until probably next episode. But okay, I'm just I'm just imagine like him like catching him. And was like, where did you learn? And he's like, I learned it from watching you, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, this is his dad's exact story. Absalom's just prettier, honestly. I and is Absalom prettier? Everyone says David's fucking hot. Dude, did it say that David, and I quote, from the top of his head to the sole of his foot, there was not a blemish on him? It is true. No, oh, you know what I was going to say? I, I do remember that we, we talked about how um, Joseph was hot as shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
I guess it's Joseph, a common thing. Oh, dude, Joseph was fine, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Absalom gets up there, right? He sends out his secret messengers. 200 men from Jerusalem go with him, which isn't a lot, but whatever. Um, they were invited as guests and went quite innocently, it says, knowing nothing about the matter. I don't know if I believe that, considering that Absalom's sending out secret messengers. Yeah. It's very inconsistent. Um, so Absalom gets up there. He's offering sacrifices, but he also sent out for Ahithophel, Ahithophel, the Gilanite. Yeah, you got it. So this is David's counselor. So he sends a message to David's counselor, Ahithophel, and says, hey, listen, bro, uh, we got a conspiracy. And sure enough, David's counselor is like, yeah, fuck David, uh, which is interesting. This is like one of his right-hand dudes. Apparently, it's all about joining up with Absalom. I'm kind of getting like a Mad Men vibe when they're like, hey, we're getting sold out. And he's like, hold on, let's just form our own company and take all the best sales guys and writers and take them with us when we go. Bada bing, bada boom, yeah. Cooking with gas. Like Absalom's leaving and he's taking one of his own father's trusted counselors. Like, hey, we're going to set up shop in Hebron and I want want you to help. I'm going to put you in like a senior role. His seat, the secret to Ahithophel's success is that no one can say his fucking name. So yeah. no one talks shit about him in court. Say? <laughs> yeah. Like you can't sit an assassin to him, but they'll just be like, "Oh man, I don't, <laughs> I don't take orders from people with lisps." We've had ten assassins in a row kill the wrong person. Look at this <laughs> stuttering idiot trying to get me to kill a guy. I'm not going to fucking let him do it. <laughs> I have standards. So the, Bi- <laughs> the Bible tells us that the conspiracy grows, and Absalom continues to uh, gain followers for his little uh, insurrection. Now, eventually. A messenger gets to David and says, hey, man, this it's funny that a messenger tells David this, right? It's not like a well-known thing, but someone comes to him specifically to say, sorry, buddy, but the hearts of the people of Israel are with Absalom. So the tide is turning officially, right? It's not just, it's not just some little grassroots movement anymore. It's picking up a lot of speed enough that uh, David has to be warned about it. Yeah, and I think we'll get it into it in like next episode with chapter 16 but yeah i'm starting to think that it's kind of like um maybe the the emperor's wears no clothes you know the emperor's naked type thing where from david's perspective he's like i'm the king of israel and everyone fucking loves me and i'll dance like a fucking idiot all day long and everyone's gonna just jerk off on me i can rape whoever i want you know but I think outside of yeah, outside of his sphere of influence, outside of the echo chamber that he exists in, I think David might actually be kind of hated. Um, okay. And well, I mean, if anyone knows the story of, I wonder how how well known the story of Bathsheba is, because that alone, that's I mean, that's sink, that's got to sink your career. I mean, you, you know, God. if you know, I, I bet you that David could shoot a guy on Fifth Avenue and he wouldn't lose any supporters. <laughs> good, good, good. You can tell where it's, it's a political season in America. <laughs> when you when you're rich, they just you just you can just grab them by the pussy. Don't cares. Yeah, you can just kill their husbands and rape them. Yeah. Um, so the <laughs> so David gets this news, and this is the really fucking crazy part. So he's starting to hear rumors that Absalom is getting strength. Um, nothing specific. So what he does is he gets all of his fucking counselors together and flees Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah, at the drop of <laughs> like that, I'm not quite coward. sure what the fuck David's deal is. He just hears that the hearts are with his son, and he goes, okay, guys, let's get the fuck out of here. And they just flee. They don't even, uh, they're not going to mount an army. They're not going to fight him. He just goes, oh, shit, my son's coming to get me. He's obviously way too powerful. Let's take all our guys and get the fuck out of Jerusalem. But 
let's leave 10 of my whores to like sweep or whatever or like obviously dust well, you don't want things yeah you don't want things to fall into disarray this is the part that i think is very interesting because it seems so counterintuitive uh, it seems so unlike what we're used to seeing in the bible that i call bullshit um assuming that this is all written actually about a real person that is david this is obviously a ruse or um, used to maybe cover up something more devious that he actually did. Or that David just has so many whores that he can afford, like, a contingency class. Like, you guys are the whores yeah. that stick around as I run for my life. Yeah, they're like Dobby from uh, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess. Those are the I whores that do the ass play shit. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. He's like, you guys are fine, but I'm not taking you with me. They're unclean. Yeah. Um. So the king sets out with all of his people following him. And they halt at the edge of the city, and as men march ahead of him, um, uh, along with all that, it says the Carathites and the Pelathites. Who are they? I, I don't um, think we've ever heard. I mean, we've. I, I feel like I've heard Pelathites and Cherethites before. It feels familiar. But I think they're like priest class, maybe? No, no, no. They're not priest class. They're just. What's I think the they're Kohath- just fucking guys. Kohathites. You're thinking the Kohathites and the, um, the other yeah. ones. But uh, yeah, no, these are, just, these, these are just random people. There's a bunch of random groups of people. There's 600 Gittites. That's I definitely haven't heard before. Um <laughs> They're all marching out with the king. So the king actually goes to the Gittites specifically, and I guess they have, they're recent uh, refugees. And he says, hey, look, you guys just got here. You just got to Jerusalem. There's only 600 of you. You've been on the lamb for a long time. Stay in Jerusalem, right? You can, you can fall under Absalom's uh, power for now. You'll be safe. Don't come with me. It's going to be a hard road ahead of us. And they're like, fuck you. We're coming with you. Woo, we yeah, love you, bro. David. We love you. Yeah. yeah, I think it's also great again. interesting. Um, fifteen eighteen, uh, yeah. six hundred men who had followed him from Gath passed. So he still has those six hundred guys that when he oh, defected when he from on the Gath run. to from the first Saul. time, yeah, you know, yeah, he, he still got his band of deplorables. Oh yeah, nice the originals. Um, that is interesting that they are so loyal. So basically, the guys, uh, the Gittites, say, "No, we're going to stick with you." You know, surely as the Lord lives, wherever you're at, that's where we're going to be. Life or death, let's do this. So David's like, all right, let's fucking go. Now, this is a weird part. Uh, as they're marching through the countryside, it says that all the people that, that are passing are weeping aloud. That, to me, doesn't sound like Absalom has the hearts of the people. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. Like, all of Israel is weeping for David, but I, I, I'm trying to think of the exact terminology. But uh, it, it's used a lot in, like... Um, propaganda where i think a lot of people coin hitler for this where your enemies are both like incredibly threatening tough but also weak and pathetic you know where it, yeah. it's kind of conflicting like oh yes everyone everyone loves david but they also would drop him at the drop of a hat for absalom but they always obviously their hearts are with him but also with him you know and that's a good point calling this propaganda because this entire chapter i think is blatant propaganda against Absalom, against anyone trying to usurp the king's powers. Of course, now that David is the king, right? It was cool whenever Saul was the king. I feel like now- I feel like David's the guy that he's like, oh no, oh like anytime a direct conflict comes his way, he just falls on the ground and cries. But then yeah. the second people's backs turn, he's like the, the second people's backs are turned, he's like, you know, I fucked his girl, right? <laughs> Gave her the herp. You know, like, <laughs> Sir, that's your son. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like he's just a fucking such a sneezy, like, oh, I'm running away from my own son and we're all just crying. And how could this have happened? But also he's like, Ugh. make sure you get his ass. You know, like it's such a fucking I hate conniving two faced shit. 
I hate. I miss Saul. I can't say it enough. I miss Saul, and I wish Absalom was king already. Yeah, David sucks. So, so now we learn that Zadok is also uh, with David, and all the Levites who were with him were carrying the Ark of the Covenant. So they have this priest class with them. Well, David turns to Zadok, who is in charge of the priests, and says, "Listen, buddy, take the Ark of God back to Jerusalem. If I find favor in the Lord's eyes, he'll bring me back and let me see it." And his dwelling place again. But if he says, I'm not pleased with you, then I'm ready. Let him do to me whatever he seems fit. So this is kind of a weird thing where God's been completely out of this story since we started reading that today, box right? is fucking empty. <laughs> I'm just saying there's there, no, but I mean, God, we, we're, we're almost done with two chapters for today. I don't think we've mentioned God at all. No. And we haven't really right? mentioned God. I, that's one of the interesting points is that. For all of God's fucking bluster in First Samuel about how much he cares about who the, the king of Israel is, and I'll set him a king, and I, I care so much, and I'm going to have a king that rules you and is a good man, and, and Israel will be safe for it. All of a sudden now, the throne is in utter turmoil, and God doesn't seem to give two shits. No. So David is trying to get some God, air quotes, God on his side, right? Um, he wants a sign. That, that I'm assuming if it hadn't gone the way that he wanted it to, he would be like, well, that just means God wants this, you know, whatever. Best the, two out of three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of funny that though God wasn't consulted before he left Jerusalem. God wasn't consulted about him bringing Absalom back. God wasn't consulted about kissing Absalom. God wasn't consulted about anything. Um, so I, it's weird that now suddenly uh, he's back on the menu. I think I think the difference is. So in the Bathsheba incident, um, Nathan tells David, hey, man, you fucked up. God is pissed at you, and you're going to be punished for it. And the first thing he does is start killing one of David's sons. And the way David responds is by trying to be like uber, uber humble and trying Uh to do what he thinks God would want. Contrast it to Saul when Samuel's like, hey, man, you fucked up. God's going to punish you. Like Saul was like, well, I'm just going to clamor on his dick as much as I can. I'm going to just I'm going to work, work extra, extra hard to get God's favor yeah. um, aggressively almost. So it, it, yeah. it's almost interesting that both David and Saul pissed off God. Uh, God sent a message like, hey, you fucked up. And it, it seems like David learned from Saul and is still trying to they're, – they're both it, – it's, like you, it's like you're dating this guy. And he's telling you stories about his crazy fucking ex. And you're like, oh, yeah, well, she – whenever they would fight, she would lick his ass and he hated her even more. So now I'm just going to yeah. cook him dinner quietly and see if that – you know, like what, <laughs> what do I have to do? What do you have to do to get this guy's fucking uh, mind game done, you know? But It is. But it's – Crazy trying to to navigate. So the God so waters. even though obviously David must have specifically asked for the Ark of the Covenant to come with him, now he's making this big old show of "Hey guys, take the Ark back. I don't deserve it. You know, I don't. You know, if God wants me back, He'll get me back. He'll He'll make me come home. You know." Gotcha. So you think it's just like him playing at humbling himself before God and and the people, which you know, is more, which more would so be like what is like the third time he's done it. He did it when his kid died. Remember when they were like, "Hey, it seemed like eight seconds ago you were all butthurt about your kid dying." He's like, "Yeah, well, I thought God might care, but He doesn't." So, so a true sociopath. Yeah, a true sociopath. He's he's doing this big old show where he's returning the Ark of the Covenant, like he gives a shit, but he don't. It's just we, all fucking. We bullshit. need 
We need a special episode where we go back and read all the major characters' names and assign something different from the DSM to them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Something other interesting, my concordance specifically states that another reason for it could be that um, before Saul, um, sort of around the time of Eli, there was that uh, when Eli died, that was sort of predicated on the fact that the Israelites tried to steal the Ark of the Covenant to take to battle to force God's hand. And sort of the message from there was, hey, if God's not with you, he's not with you. You can have the Ark of the Covenant all you want. It's really just, you know, personally, probably the best bet is to leave it wherever you found it. If I were David, I'd be thinking, hmm, let me just leave the Ark of the Covenant right next to the throne. And if my son comes home, it's like he's sitting there and he sees the Ark of the Covenant, he's probably going to get kind of curious. He's going to probably take a peek and then I'm back being king, baby. (laughs) Ba-boom. Yeah, use that as like your uh, secret weapon. I like it. I'd, 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 I'd put it on like a doorway, and then when he opens the door, the ark opens. falls <laughs> on him. <laughs> Got him, bitch. Yeah. I did that to my sister once with a cup of water yeah. over the doorway, but it fell on my dad. He beat the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Just give you a peek into my life. Um, so uh, now let's talk about what happens. Uh, Zadok indeed listens to David takes the Ark back to Jerusalem, where it will stay. And David, in the meantime, walks up the Mount of Olives, um, creeping as he went, his head covered and barefoot. So, again, the same act that he did with the dead kid. Yeah. Um, Him and his Interesting little facts about Mount of Olives. It's going to come into play a lot later in the Bible. It's the place where Jesus, A, gives his first sermon, B, is betrayed and captured by the Romans, and C, later ascends back to heaven. The more I read this, the more I'm also kind of comparing him to Saul, is that Saul was generally very much tormented over the fate of Israel. Like, we had many instances where, like, he's like, oh, shit, the Philistines are coming, and he would be, like, physically sick over it and would just be wallowing on the ground. And I would be like, Saul, are you okay? He's like, oh, fuck, they're going to kill us all. I'm like, oh. (laughs) It just seems more and more that David is aping Saul's sort of behavior to try to like gain approval and try to trick people like oh I'm barefoot I'm really sad just like Saul was you guys like you're a fucking lying piece of shit yeah where Saul actually was sad because the God literally gave him depression and a demon to deal with yeah Um, so David David like David's like I have problems too you guys (laughs) he's a real privileged piece of shit is what he is he gets up to the summit of the Mount of Olives um, where people used to worship God it says uh and Hushai, the Archite, who the fuck is that? All right? I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's a new His name. His best buddy. They just, they just introduce him right now, yeah. That's some made-up shit. Uh, but anyways, Hushai was there with his robes torn and dust on his head. And David says, if you go with me, you will be a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, your majesty, I'll be your servant. I was your father's servant, but now I'm yours. Then... You can help me by frustrating Ahithophel's advice. So basically, David is still playing the sad boy, but he's like, so I'm really sad, but I have an idea. How we're going to fuck up Absalom. Yeah. So it's very, it just shows how fake all this shit is. Yeah. Um, like he, he sees even, his best friend, one of the guys he can trust, like, hey, man, I just realized you should just go back to Israel and help trick my son. Double agent style. Yeah. Um, so yeah, really fucked up that that's what he's thinking about while he's supposed to be mourning. Um I, I don't like it. Yeah. So, uh, basically, what happens here? You you pick it up. I'm lost. Uh, one second. Yeah, and then basically also, and then also it kind of 
He's like, hey, I want you to go talk to my son, give him shitty fucking counsel, fuck over the other guy that already betrayed me, and also, you know, Zadok, the guy I specifically sent back to Jerusalem? I want you to use him as a fucking messenger to secretly tunnel messages to me. So you're going to spy on the king, or not king, but Absalom, and you're going to use Zadok, the guy I just sent back to Jerusalem mysteriously to prove my worth to God. You're going to talk to him, and his sons are going to start funneling information back to me. Basically making a spy network, more or less. So So within sentences, within sentences of learning that David is doing this great act of humility and playing the sad boy – uh, we find out that it's all actually just fucking intrigue. Yeah. It's, uh, it's him trying to fuck up his own son, who who, he, who didn't even threaten him, as far as I'm aware. To me, it's he just kind fled of, from for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's kind of like lifting up the hood on like uh, the first parts of Second Samuel. Like it just seemed like, oh, David just fell into the kingship and he didn't even want it. Yeah. And now that. He's like actively fighting his own family for the throne. Now you start to see like his back to his old routines. Like, okay, I'm gonna put these spies yeah. in there. I'm gonna set he's up. He's like these. a fucking weasel, man. Yeah, he's a fucking sneaky son of a bitch. Yeah. So uh, this archite dude who's shy listens to David and goes down to Jerusalem, and that is where we will end today. The end of chapter 15. So two chapters down today doubled our efficiency from last week. That's good. Um, <laughs> What a fucking little wild ride that was, though. God, I hate David. I hate David, too. And more and more every I, every episode. I, I, I wasn't that, like, I was kind of what I was kind of neutral about Saul, but definitely a way better king than David. I don't oh, understand yeah. why the Bible puts him on such a pedestal. I don't understand it. Is it just because he's the descendant, quote unquote, or uh, he's the he's the pre-Christ Christ or whatever? Like, do they have to try well, to I mean, make him sound good? For Christians, yes. Uh, for Jews, I I don't know. I don't know why I don't, they like him. Like, oh, King David, the the greatest of the Jewish kings. I'm like, I don't know. He's kind of a piece of shit. As per usual. Yeah. As per usual. Yeah. Like Joseph, I get it. Joseph's fucking awesome. Yeah. Great guy. Up I mean, down. yeah. At least he enslaved the 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 darker ones. He didn't enslave. He enslaved the Africans. Right? That's what he did. He You're came sh- in from the Middle East. He enslaved no, some Africans. That's his thing. He made them indentured servants. It's totally fine. <laughs> He treated them like Irish people. Right. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Uh, uh, man. Yeah, what a ride. I don't have too much to say about that. This is a, this is a fucking tangent. But one of these days I want us to get uh, – one of these days we're going to finish the Bible and we'll actually move on no. to another book. As for our, for this forum, this whole this whole podcast is supposed to be like some kind of a book club, but we keep – we're still on this one book for the last 75 yeah. episodes. But um, there's this book on how the Irish became white. <laughs> okay and the theme is, is that when the irish first came to america i don't know it's it's written by like a um a black author and there's a bit okay. of a bias to it but the the theme is is that when the irish first came to america they were treated as second-class citizens by white people you know like yeah. they're like oh these fucking irish immigrants be- keep them down irish need not apply fuck the irish and that his argument for how the irish became into prosperity was that they were like well if we can just find a way to make ourselves better than black people through yeah. intense violence and racism, then the white yeah. people will be like, oh, we're not so different. You guys are cool yeah. now. So That's actually that, a good idea. That was, that was the theme of it. Was that, uh, are, are you listening, Italians? This is your way <laughs> Just <laughs> uh, It was actually yikes. part of a much longer, interesting theme. Um, let, let's talk about it afterwards, like Irish and black names when we finish this. <laughs>
we're done. What are you talking about? Uh, this well, is the well, like after after like we, we we let's finish the actual format of the stupid fucking podcast, and then after <laughs> so what do you the, want the, me to do? The, do the, the, the outro? Tailor, tailor, yeah, let's, no, 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 not yet. But let's 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 talk. Well, about I later. already asked you what else you had about this episode, and you went and talked about the fucking Irish. <laughs> the one thing that I have told you, I will not talk about. <laughs> right, it's the Irish. Irish people. That's because you're in their pocket. Yeah. Fucking chill I, for the honestly. Pope. I would totally join the IRA if I was not crippled. Anything to <laughs> anything to throw a bomb. I just hate British people. Right. Um oh shit. We had a British listener actually a couple episodes back. I oh. let me let me walk that walk back. Walk that back. The Irish got what I had coming to them. Okay, yes. The IRA's sorta of cool. Technically the cool. cultural genocide that the British did on Ireland and Scotland and Wales was is fine. fine. We like it. It's funny. <laughs> Take your fucking language, uh, shove it up your fucking ass. It's time to have some fucking fish and chips. Yeah. <laughs> Are we far enough off track now that yeah, I can do the yeah, outro? Yeah, yeah, do the well, outro. Okay. Well, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter, at Revelations. Although, I will say, as of this recording, which is Saturday, the 29th of February, we're still banned from Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> you can't follow us at the moment. I'm appealing it. Right? right, it was over one meme. It was the meme of uh, Danny DeVito with the gun saying, oh, "Anyway, I started blasting, but we changed blasting to blaspheming." That it's is not bullshit. Violent. I don't know how that that meme's all over the fucking internet. Yeah. Someone got mad at us because I made a joke about Catholics fucking sucking. Right. Anyways, they do, and they yeah they super do. Uh, the point being, you can eventually follow us on Twitter at a Revelations. You can send us an email because we're not banned from email. That's a Revelations podcast at gmail.com. Now, Cole, what do you have for the people regarding the Italians? No, 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 no. I was, I read this really interesting, I was down this fucking crazy interesting rabbit hole. But it it started because some guy was asking a question as to why modern, like he was, basically the question, as as fucked up as it kind of sounds, was like, why do black people use names like Deshaun and Tanika or whatever the fuck that means, right? Sure. And the guy's argument was basically saying that because a lot of um, black people came from slave ancestry, uh-huh. that they don't actually have any real concrete ties to any specific country. Sure, you it was know. taken from them. It's taken from them. They, you know, they just know Africa, but you can't uh-huh. really, you know, it's not like the slave boats were keeping very specific logs or ever gave a shit. Yeah, you like know? your family name. Yeah, you know, they treated them you. like cattle, so their family name, where they were taken, any way to tie them. No, no, sorry, your name is now uh, Johnson. You know, that's, yeah. you know, or Freeman or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. So, essentially, in many ways, their culture was taken from them. Uh-huh. And that what we're seeing is a resurgent of a new culture that they are forming together now. Yeah. And so that the names we're seeing, the 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 the, the uh, maybe the differences in the way you know they talk or their their clothing or whatever, those differences are sort of just in any in any time you ever see a people creating a culture. And that a lot of the ways that people feel about, like, uh, some of those, you know, quote-unquote black names is the way people felt about the Irish when they first came over. You know? Really? They'd be like, what the fuck is this? This guy's name is Seamus? Get the fuck yeah. out of here, you know? Like, Saoirse Ronan? Yeah, get the, the fuck, fuck out of here. What <laughs> the fuck is that shit, you know? And that it's just, it, 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 it's it's different because it's new. It was just a really interesting tangent on kind of, like, uh, the way that we treated the Irish. I say we, I'm, I'm Mexican. So I'm, my hands are fucking clean. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys did lots of nice things to the indigenous people <laughs> yeah. of Mexico, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. 
Yeah. But hey, I, we were the indigenous people getting things done to us. Like, yeah, I'm, I guess, I'm, I guess. I'm basically uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren, you know? I got a fucking Okay, good, good, <laughs> but anyway, good. But I just thought it was, it was an interesting kind of uh, perspective on it that I guess the way that uh, America treated the Irish was pretty fucking rough. And alleged this other book was, uh, well, yeah, well, they just, they just knew how to be more racist than everybody else, so they're cool now. All right. And well, there you have it, folks, from the mouth of Pancho Villa himself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've seen Desperado like eight times. I'm basically, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> You're I'm basically Vincente Fox. You know?